Well, welcome back, my friends. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving uh, holiday. Uh, been a couple weeks, but I'm back. Uh, we are up here in the bleachers by my regular spot. We dusted off the bleachers, had a little snow over the evening, so they're all cleaned off. I got some hot chocolate going. There's cold drinks in the cooler. Bring your koozie, bring a seat cushion. We're going to talk some sports today. You got to get it done. This is Gateway City Sports. The rumors are true. This is Talking Sports on the Bleachers with Don Glenn. A confident young man. A superb athlete. A look at the sports issues of the day. Grab a seat, pop a cold one, and let's talk some sports. Gee, that sounds kind of interesting. Gentlemen, start your engines. Romo on the shotgun here at the snap. Romo looking, dumps it off right side. Intercepted! Intercepted at the goal line by Woodson! And there is your Gallagher! Bruholz with a widespread stance, arms out over the plate. Bickford from the stretch. The 1 1 pitch. A swing, and there it goes! Welcome to the show today, and I have with me via the Gateway City Sports phone line, Sonny Verma from Illini Cast. We're going to talk some Illini football today, um, and it's kind of appropriate. Yesterday uh, was our bowl hopes uh, squashed quite quite uh, heavily, um, but let's start with the beginning of the season. Um, you know, we heard in all the offseason about... Altmeyer coming in and the loss of Chase Brown and how McCray and Love would fit into that and hopefully Fagan could help out. And, you know, they had the, the, we lost a lot of the secondary, but you had the law firm coming back on the front part. Was it overhyped? I mean, it depends on who you ask. Uh, if you, if you watched our show, Alina cast uh, those season previews, um, my co-host had us winning 10 games. I had us winning nine games. So if you listen to me, Absolutely, it was overhyped. Um, but what it comes down to is, at least in my opinion, I think Brett made a, what ended up being a grave error uh, when it comes to the transfer per- portal. I think we use all our NIL funds just to kind of keep our top guys here, which is a great move. You know, obviously, the law firm had a you know great impact on our team. Uh, so did Jackis and Coleman, the other guys. But we lost a lot of NFL talent last year and we weren't really able to replace it. We replaced it by younger guys, younger freshmen, you know, uh, transfer portal guys who didn't exactly have big names or come from big schools. And I think that was kind of the fatal flaw of this team this year. You saw Johnny Newton, even now he's still, you know, in the final five of almost every defensive award uh, out yeah. there, you know, like we have that top end talent, but the, the problem was, 
it took us five or six games to figure out what to do with our offensive line. You know, we kept moving this guy there, this guy, this guy there. Um, defensive line still just needed help. The linebackers for the better part of the season just didn't really make much of an impact uh, on the game. So, I mean, overhyped, yes, uh, by the ones who drink the blue and orange Kool-Aid hand raised. But, <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you kind of have to keep perspective. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm uh, done, as you probably know. Illini Twitter is a very negative bunch. The, they have a lot of energy, but there's a lot of people calling for heads. I try to be the opposite of that. And so I try to um, combat that with looking at more of a positive perspective to kind of balance things out because I've always struggled with just reading constant negativity, negativity, negativity. And I think people are just kind of forgetting where we're coming from, from the pre-Brett Bielema era. Mm-hmm. And where we have it right now. So, you know, here I am trying to tell Alina Nation that not all is bad. Yeah. Well, and and I think you're right there. And and I totally get the whole Twitter X, whatever you want to call it now. Um, you know, I I I too, I've been looking at some of those going, all right, guys, are you jumping off the bridge now or are you still falling? What is going on here? Because yes, did has the coaching staff made some mistakes? Yes, they have. But I can look at every coach Illinois has ever had, and I can point out a season or a game or a couple of seasons where they totally, you know, uh, screwed the pooch, if you will. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not saying that. And and I when when uh, they fired Levy Smith, uh, I wrote an article for Gavia City Sports that uh, um, and who the the uh, predecessor was going to be. Or the uh, the the guy uh, who the next coach was going to be, and I I had Bielema tabbed. I had him tabbed from day one. I said this is the guy they're going to take. It this makes sense to me. He's he's a he's Big Ten program builder. The guy knows what he's doing. And you know, luckily for me, it happened in that respect because I can I can pin my hat on that. What at least one right prediction, <laughs> uh, you know. And I think we got a little fooled last year, a little spoiled last year. We went you know going eight and five or eight and four in the, in the regular season. Uh, I think w- it should have been a very big tell what this season was going to be like when we played the bowl game without Chase Brown, without Devon Witherspoon, without Sidney Brown. You know, um, I think we were exposed in that game, and I, I agree with you. I don't think they did enough in the portal to address that. Uh, now, not to say that what we had back there, the guys back there, Nicholson, and they've done a fantastic job for for what they are. I mean, let's face right. it, they're, they're not Devon Witherspoon. They're not Sidney Brown. They're not uh, uh, Quan oh, Martin. Well, Quan Martin. Yeah, that's, I couldn't think of the other name. Yeah. There. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, th- they're not those guys, but they're still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've just been exposed because they didn't play. They, you know, they, they, well, cool. well, was, uh, one of them was a freshman that started the Bailey, I think, was a freshman that started the, the bowl game last year. Was it right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Matthew yeah, Bailey. I mean, he had, yeah. he had a fantastic freshman year, and that's yeah, yeah. also one of the, like he was going to be you know one of the captains on defense, a guy we were going to absolutely count on to kind of man that safety position for us this year. Right, and as you said, he played a couple snaps this year. He wasn't there, so not only did we lose you know our top three guys in the secondary to the NFL, but then we lost the fourth guy who was to become our number one guy to, to injury. injury. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's it's an unfortunate, you know, event. Um, I think, you know, Aaron Henry had a you know tough year. Um, you know, he's transitioning, obviously, you know, his first year as a defensive coordinator. But, you know, it's just the talent isn't there. And I think that's the ultimate concession I'm making. And, you know, kind of what I'm calling Brett and the staff out on now. I'm not huge into recruiting rankings because I think. Uh, no Brett Bielema team's ever going to be a top-ranked recruiting team, even when he did it back in Wisconsin. That was never his point. He'll he'll take the like the the guy with the intangibles, the high three-star, and he'll make them eventually play like a four-star or a five-star. Mm-hmm. But I think that right now we're just at our talent level is not quite there with the other teams. Uh, a lot of, of our players are very green as it is, you know, uh, his recruiting classes. And we're going to have to be aggressive this offseason because we've got 
four teams coming in next year. And the Big Ten, obviously the Big Ten West is gone. Yeah. So it's not like we can kind of, you know, count on those quote unquote easier wins, the easier schedule. I, I believe in our coaching. I think Brett was the right guy. I didn't agree with the hire at first. Um mm. Okay. Just because I I had uh, so much of the SEC what happened at Arkansas uh, oh okay happened in my mind, but the minute I saw the first press conference and the words he said, like how committed he was to the state of Illinois, he won me over then. So it was a very short lived non approval. Let's put it that way. We're talking about you know a matter of a couple <laughs> of days, but I think you know Brett and his staff are having meetings right now and talking to his coaching staff about what they need to do to upgrade that talent level. Because I think, you know, right now, I think we might be losing our top three wide receivers, our offensive linemen who finally, you know, were able to play at an average level by the end of season. We're going to be decimated there. Obviously, Newton's gone. Newton's gone. Randolph could be gone. You know, our defensive line could be gone. Seth Cole, and you got Seth Coleman. He could be gone too. I think he's probably, he's going to get some pro looks. The SEC has been sniffing around Gabe Jackis for a while now. So, you know, we're going to have to try to keep him. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think we need at least one cornerback to bring in. That's a lot of money for a transfer portal from a school that doesn't really have the funds, you know, the the aggressive, rabid uh, fan base to go out and spend that much money. So it's it's going to be a long offseason, but I think it's going to be a key offseason for Brett Bielema because – you know, as you talked about, like there's already a lot of people whispering, is this the right guy? Blah, blah, blah. You know, this, this season was a failure, this and that. I don't think it was a failure. I think it was a transition year. Mm-hmm. But next year, you know, the seats only going to get warmer. Well, that's true. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I kind of agree with it. Beatham is in the same position that Underwood on the basketball team was in after last season. You know, uh, he told he. I guess I think he was talking to Dion, and Dion mentioned it on my last show that you know Brett or uh, Brad looked at him and said, "I've got to change my way of thinking. I've got I've we got to get old in a hurry." And I think that's going to have to be the same thing with the football program. They're going to have to get old in a lot of positions in a hurry. Now, whether that's getting guys out of the junior college routes or whether that's getting some uh, portal guys, um, but you know, like like we just talked about, you're gonna you're gonna be minus. Almost all your defensive line, you're going to be minus at least two linebackers. Um, and, you know, who knows if uh, uh, McCray sticks around. I mean, he's looking at Love and he's looking at Fagan. You know, he's three. On, he's number three on that depth chart, no matter how he looks at it. I mean, and we got another four star running back coming in. Yeah, uh, and we got a four star coming in that could. could so you, you're probably going to be losing him. Um do we need i'm gonna be a little different on the quarterback do we need a quarterback i don't know for sure at this point uh because i think a lot of altmeyer's issues were the offensive line especially early the first four four or five games i mean where a year ago tommy devito was saying hey i'm not spending any time on my back i love this to altmeyer running for his life on almost every play and i think you really saw that in the last few games with Paddock, who is not as mobile as Altmeyer, and right. you know he, I think, all, and in and, and a way, I'm not trying to uh, diminish what John Paddock uh, did, but you know, there's a couple situations there where Altmeyer had more mobile, probably could have got positive yards instead of a sack or things of that nature. But when you don't have that offensive line giving that quarterback time. You know, that's why Paddock was going to that quick two or three step drop because it was he he, he if he dropped back further, he was getting pressure all the time. So, you know, it's kind of a six of one half dozen one another. So I, I'd like to see what Altmeyer could do with a good line, with a with a good solid line in front of him. I'm very high on Luke Altmeyer. I think, you know, he's a kid with a lot of potential. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, this was his first full season as mm-hmm. a college football quarterback. You know, you're he's going to have growing pains. And we put a young quarterback without much game experience and told him to go up against Big Ten defenses with a horrible offensive line in front of him and a running game at the time that was not established. We struggled no. with our running game, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season. I think we still are in some respects. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. But 
Altmaier, I don't think Altmaier necessarily lost his job to John Paddock. I think John Paddock just took that job from him. Like, you know, like it's very rare to see a quarterback catch fire the way he had. I was talking uh, about this with my fellow, uh, you know, podcast mates. They were a little younger. I'm a little older. So like for (laughs) me, it reminded me of like Kurt Warner during the Mm -hmm. Rams, you know, run where basically he was thrown for 400 yards. He was just quick snaps you know he knew where the guy would be he would trust the guy to be there that's what it kind of reminded me of right but luke can do a lot of things that paddock can't do and like you talked about is he can extend a play you know if it's third down and five and the receiver just it doesn't get open luke can get you seven eight 14 yards to extend that drive which sometimes when you have a bad offensive line which you know, next year, as we just kind of talked about, it doesn't, we're going to be replacing a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I have a high ceiling for Luke. I think Luke is the best quarterback in the Big Ten West, or I guess it's not existing uh, moving forward. But I think for the first time in a long time, I'm very comfortable knowing who our quarterback is going to be. You know, we're not just bringing a one year guy and like, okay, what are we going to do next year? What are we going right. to do the year after that? For me, uh, when it comes to the quarterback room, it's going to be more interested. I'm more interested in seeing if like a guy like Donovan Leary, you know, the freshman mm-hmm. we got a couple of years ago, is he ready to be the backup? Yeah. Because the way Luke plays, the way he runs, um, you know, he is susceptible to getting hurt. And injury, and so, an injury could, could probably will happen. Exactly. Again. Especially again, you know, big 10 gets a lot tougher next year. Mm-hmm. so you know for me is like do they seek out the transfer portal to find because you know it's gonna be hard to find another paddock we're That's talking about true. you know year year four of the Brabilma era so like you would think that now the quarterbacks that we've been bringing in every cycle they should be ready at to least be, one get, exactly to get on the field like in case of emergency though so that's kind of what i'm gonna have my eye on this offseason whether we're gonna seek out a veteran mm-hmm. you know to back up Altmaier or um, if he's got the trust in the guys that he's been developing in the system for a couple of years now. Yeah. Well, and I think they've had, you know, those guys have had a, a chance to learn under, you know, the, under DeVito and, and now they've seen Altmaier, they've seen Paddock, you know, these guys, you know, Paddock had the experience coming in. So maybe he was able to work with a couple of those kids. Uh, they've seen what Altmaier was doing, you know, just taking, taking what he can get. So maybe they've learned something. I, I will see what happens. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Sonny Verma. Just like a quarterback needs to stay protected in the pocket, you need to have the things in your life protected. Because as we all know, sometimes life can throw you a curve. That's why you need Allstate. The Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home, auto, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, investments, and so much more. They offer a customized approach that's unique to your situation to make sure you, your family, and your assets are properly protected. So give Sean and his team a call today, 636-764-6294. They'll help you with an insurance quote right over the phone. I mean, that's how they roll. That number again, 636-764-6294. Even give them a call if you want to talk about sports, because I hear they do that too. With work, kids, social functions, we all have busy lives. You can email Sean, Sean Wiley at Allstate.com. That's S-E-A-N-W-I-L-E-Y at Allstate.com. Talk to him about your coverage options. And remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. Okay, we are back. Got Sonny Verma from a Lion Eye cast. We're talking some Illinois football. We talked a little bit about the overall look of the team and what we're kind of looking for next year. Uh, let's kind of get into the season now. In the preseason, did the have to come from behind to beat Toledo? Was 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 that the scary point at the start of the season? I mean, we knew Kansas was going to be tough, but everybody I think glossed over Toledo. I think. At the time, it looked worse than it is now. Because take a look at Toledo now. They went 11-1. and They only lost one game to us, you know? Uh, So I think Toledo is a very good, or I I guess we can say at this point, the best MAC team. Now, again, we look at it from two different perspectives. On one hand, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, uh, it's not an average MAC team. It's a very good MAC team that won 11-1. and We were their only loss. We should be proud of that victory. On the other hand, we as Illinois football don't want to be in the position where we should be battling any sort of MAC team. 
to the last possession, you know? So again, you look at it from two different perspectives. Like Mm -hmm. for me, this was very much a transition year, a rebuilding year, just because of all the talent that we lost. So I think at the time, the Toledo game looked worse than it was, but now that the season is over and I can kind of reflect back and see what Toledo has done the 11 weeks since or the 12 weeks since they are a very good football team. You know, they dropped 70 points a couple of times uh, during the season. So that victory, I'm not as upset about, um, you know, I guess, you know, as we move on, it's like, you know, Kansas just, we had the bad luck of going up against their, what's their quarterback who decided to come back and play, you know, um, against. Yeah. I can't remember the name either, but it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, they were, they were primed and ready. I mean, uh, cause they made an impact last year on the big 12 and everybody said, but the guys they had coming back, they were going to make another big impact. And uh, you know, I, I, when I was looking at the preseason or the games and trying to figure out the, what the record could be, I had that one pegged as a, as a, as a possible loss. I had that one as a 50, 50 toss up. It was in Lawrence, Kansas, you know, and like I said, they had played very well the year before Uh, they had guys coming back that we didn't have coming back. And I thought, I thought that was a game that could have was going to be a stumbling block in one either way. So, I mean, I was kind of actually in one, one respect, it was kind of, surprised we did as well as we did and and hanging with them for as long as we did yeah but uh you know it's one of those games where i'm really hoping that lance leipold ends up getting called by indiana or some button because <laughs> i want to i'm not looking forward to doing that you know this is the illinois curse you know as if you're i i made a joke about this in our, on our show if you're a fledgling program who is considered a doormat of college football just schedule Illinois on a future schedule, and that immediately will turn you guys around. It happened, <laughs> it happened with uh, Kansas. Kansas, Kansas was a format when we uh, had these games originally scheduled. Mm-hmm. A couple years later, now, next year, we start with Duke. Duke, when we signed <laughs> signed on that schedule, like they were, again, the doormats of the ACC. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're, and they're the tops with North Carolina at ACC now in football. I mean, they're, they're what, what are they, eight and five, eight, eight? eight or nine wins this year something like that you know they got a fantastic coach again you know he's another guy who i just hope finds a better opportunity somewhere but you know (laughs) it's a message to the 80s out there you know don't worry about finding a new coach this or that no just put illinois on your schedule and that's an automatic bump and and, and, then in two years two years when you get ready to play us you'll be good exactly no doubt no doubt uh florida atlantic again another game another game we struggled against the obviously a lesser team nothing against them uh i mean because they're a good football team but they're not power five big 10 and yet we struggle again you know and then you got you're looking at at what's coming up in the in the big 10 conference it's like holy crap we're in trouble i think the question you asked about toledo whether that was the first like glaring sign that we've lost over i think fau was okay Um, you know now granted if you watch the game uh if i recall correctly we were down 10 nothing mm-hmm. in that first quarter. And then we did kind of take control of the game after that. Yeah. But most people remember being down 10 nothing, And the final score didn't look all that impressive because I think FAU scored. They scored late with, in the game, yeah. Very late in the game, you know, to make the game yeah. look a little bit closer than it was. But FAU themselves is a struggling program. Yeah. You know, like that's a game that it should have been a 2-3 oh touchdown win one of those where we got to get the freshmen in let them you know get some game experience for the upcoming big 10 schedule yeah and you know the one thing that really and i was kind of the press conference after that game when when fagan had that had the obvious touchdown run in front of him and he slides um and to preserve or to to keep the clock running what and i'm thinking and balaam said well you know that was big because you know i'm like wait a minute, you were going to score. You were already up more than one score. Why not? Why are you saying preach? I, I didn't quite understand that part. Um, And can, can, did you understand it? What he was talking about with that? I mean, I, the only thing I can think of is he was talking about the unselfishness of mm-hmm. like the individual play as a freshman coming in, you would think that you know you'd you'd be excited to get your first touchdown. He may just be talking about how he put 
here's a young kid with enough character that he went down to waste the time on the clock forsaking his own touchdown okay. so i think you know he may have been complimenting uh yeah and it just it was just a weird comment it was kind of like that he didn't want him to score because he didn't want fau to get the ball back and i'm like okay the thing gonna score <laughs> if you score the touchdown they're not going to get ahead of you but in one possession it just didn't make any sense to me but maybe you're right about that uh okay so we went past that and we ended up our uh, first game penn state penn state yeah I had no real, I had no fantasies of us coming out of that game. And it, I was very surprised that we hung with them in the first half as well as well as we did. And then I then you can just you just saw that Penn State just wore us down and took over after that. I mean uh like you talked about, I think that first half up until that point was the best half of football that Illinois had played up until that point in the season. We just had a young quarterback who played the absolute worst game of his life. Um, you know, he was he was the big glaring red mark uh, in that game. Um, we were getting to their quarterback, Drew Aller. He didn't have a very good game. Um, but as you said, in the second half, we just kind of wore down. You know, Penn State's just throwing talent and size at you constantly, constantly. And we're just not built that way yet. Once we were down a couple touchdowns, you know, it's it, Paddock came in at the end of the game and he looked like, you know, Ball State walk-on transfer quarterback in, in that game. So, I, I, you know, it's just one of those games where, just like you said, I did, I had no hopes of winning. I right. just wanted to come out, you know, unscathed and uh, everybody healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I didn't have any great delusions of grandeur. We could win that game. And like I said, I was very pleased with that first half. And, and you know, we did kind of show that we weren't ready for the – uh the Big Ten championship game, which I, I guess now is no longer. I don't know how they're going to work that coming up with the new with the new teams coming in. But um, did that help fuel some of these negative Nellies that are running around? That oh wow, look at this. We can't we we can't even hang with Penn State. I mean, you know, Penn State's a good program. <laughs> I, I don't think it was that game. I think it's the one coming up next, which really brought out the the pitchforks. Mm. Yeah. You know, folks, uh, <clears throat> where because that was the rivalry game, right? It, 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 uh, is my memory right? I, I'm looking it up now. Here, I got it. Was that Purdue? I think, I think it was Purdue or Nebraska. No, I, 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 oh, excuse me, Penn State was in front of FAE. We 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 jumped a game there. <laughs> we oh, went out, we, of, okay. yeah, we went out of so, yeah, Purdue would have been the next game after FAU and it's been the whole pins, yeah, that one. Well, the, those two, the, those next two games back to back, Purdue, Nebraska. I think everybody in their in their mother had that listed as okay. There's two wins at, at this point in this season. At at worst, we're four and two, and then you you know and you lose to Purdue as badly as we lost, and and Nebraska as well. I mean, we got beat by thirteen. It's only by thirteen, but we only scored seven points against Nebraska. Purdue is like I think. These two games are the ones that we wish we could have back. Mm -hmm. I think if we played them today, you know, we would be a touchdown plus favorite over Purdue. And I think, you know, we could soundly beat Nebraska. So Purdue game, I I I still have no explanations. Like it's one of those where again I try to stay as positive as I can be, but I left that game and you know, just the onslaught that Ryan Walters put on us in that second half. I had no response. Like I don't know what happened. That was probably one of the more demoralizing losses, just because as we see now, even now, like Purdue's just not a good football team. You know, yeah. like they lost a lot of players. Um, you know, Coach Brome, like he took a lot of talent with them, and a lot of players just left the program. So Ryan Walters had not only an extremely difficult schedule this year, but he was playing with almost a brand new roster. That's a game where you know it's a rivalry game that we should have taken care of business and, you know, a win there would have really kind of set forward, I think more of a positive momentum moving forward. Mm -hmm. But that loss there when everyone knew Purdue wasn't a good team that, you know, that's when people all of a sudden started getting scared. Like, okay, where are we headed? Like, yeah. where's our, you know, team headed in general. And then we had what you, what I think is by far the worst game that we had all year long. It was, 
uh, at Nebraska mm-hmm. Friday night. It was on ESPN. The whole world was watching. The last time the uh, country watched Illinois, it was uh, on national TV. It was against Penn State, and our quarterback threw four interceptions. And on Friday against Nebraska, our team didn't even show up. There's not one facet of the team that played well. And I'm even to this day perplexed by it because Nebraska is an okay team, but they didn't play well that game. Right. Like, you know, it, it was a, it was a competition of ineptitude between the mm-hmm. two, two sides of the football. And we were just considerably worse. And that's the one game, even now, when I think back and look back at, I, I just wonder like what went on there? Cause once we lost that game, so, you know, as you talked about Purdue and Nebraska, we uh, counted on it as wins. Mm-hmm. After Nebraska was going to be what Maryland, like yeah, Maryland, Maryland and Wisconsin, like that, we yeah. had we were supposed to take care of the easy part of our schedule because Maryland, who was five and zero at the time, Wisconsin, like the hard part of our schedule was still coming. Right. So yeah. Maryland, we had, yeah. The, the the trio of games are the Maryland, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, which all you know were and now granted you had a two week break or you had a week off between Wisconsin, and Minnesota, but you know those three games I was looking at like okay you know we're you know at Maryland I don't think you know that best fifty fifty chance Wisconsin home maybe Minnesota on the road. They always play us tough. Uh, you know, so I was looking at those three games and this, this is the make or break part right there. And, uh, it, but then again, that was counting on winning at Purdue and against Nebraska. And I think the other thing that they made the Nebraska thing hurt as bad as it did was the fact that it was at home after being embarrassed and West Lafayette. I mean, you know, had that game been in Lincoln, maybe it doesn't sting as bad. But losing like that after you just got shellacked by Purdue and you're at home, just I think that set a lot of people off. And Illinois football fans are pretty fickle. You know, like we, you know, it's one of those where they'll show up when there's a reason to show up. And I think the bad taste in our mouth from the Purdue game basically got enlarged you know it maximized mm-hmm. with that loss against nebraska when once we had that pitiful performance against our home fans i knew at that point memorial stadium was just not going to be filled up the rest of the year at this point because you know going zero and two against the big 10 west against what's perceived to be the two worst teams now you're asking yourself like are you winning a big 10 game are you gonna go one and x in the big 10 are you gonna win two big 10 games are you gonna be lucky enough to do that so like that's that's when that was a low point of the season to me. Yeah. And you know, then they come back and they go to Maryland and that was the shock of the Big 10. We walked into Maryland and just said, "No, you're not winning this game." And I I I was I I was kind of I'm like, "Okay, maybe there's some life. Maybe they finally got embarrassed enough they're going to kick it into gear." You know, and of course Caleb uh was it uh his last name now griffin griffin yeah caleb griffin uh you know he's he's now had two two hero tags laid on him and it's like okay and you know so what 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 did you how did you see that maryland was that a game where we just got lucky at because they were hurt a little bit too uh, did we get lucky that they had the right guys hurt i guess or did we actually play to our potential in that game i think uh you know up until that game our coaching staff had been moving our offensive line around different pieces, starting different guys. And I think finally uh, that game is where it just kind of clicked. And I can't recall exactly right, but I think that might've been the game where Reggie Love was out and we were forced to bring in Caden Fagan to have his first start of the season. And I think Caden is kind of a catalyst for the turnaround of our season uh, this year. You know, like Reggie was struggling against a bad offensive line, but Caden is a tank. And Caden kind of was able to provide us that Brett Bielema running back. You know, yeah, that was his, that was, that was Fagan's first start. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. First okay. Start, so yeah. my memory does serve me right. And I think that was kind of, you know, the first five games or so, we had no running back. Our running back was our quarterback, Luke Altmeyer, you know, mm-hmm. going off for 70 yards. And oh, yeah. It's very easy for a defense to, you know, game plan for that. And it puts a lot of pressure on our quarterback who's in his first full season starting. But Caden, if I recall, like when his first 80, 85 snaps without loot, like having negative yardage, you know, he was just 
bulldozer who just plowed people over. And that kind of brought some sort of semblance of balance to the Illinois offense, which is kind of what we needed that combined with, you know, uh, an offensive line, which had been configured to, again, all we asked for was average performance and that's what they started doing. Right. And so I think, you know, that plus the hangover for Maryland of like, you know, competing with Ohio state for the first half and then losing in the second half, I, I think they may have let their guards down a little bit by Illinois. So, but, you know, I, I think, you know, just the emergence of our running back mm-hmm. and, you know, just balancing our offense was kind of the uh, main key there and for the next uh, couple of games. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, um, that game, man, you hated to see that one slip away. I mean, because they, they looked like they were in control the whole game. It was like the, you know, okay, they did this at Maryland. We're going to, this is now what we're going to see. And then all of a sudden at the end of the game, they just kind of went, went away. And, you know, which, if you think about it in, in the first part of the season, you know, that's what happened at Toledo. That's why we had to play a uh, last second win against Toledo. You know, the, the, um, the FAU game, the Kansas game is just, we faded away in that second half and let them back in. And next thing you know, we're, we're, we're down. Um, and, you know, so, but I was, I mean, I, I was pleased that we played as, you know, that we did go toe to toe with them, you know, uh, it's just like, again, and that's another one at home. You've got to win those games. You've yeah. got to that, you know, yeah, it's, that's also one of the losses that just stings the most. Cause you win that game and you almost control your own destiny mm-hmm. in the big Ten West at that point. And you're, you're up 18 points and, you know, obviously Johnny Newton has that call go against him where, you know, he gets ejected from the game. And that kind of goes back to the point that I started off with. Like, you know, yes, Johnny Newton is a generational player for a program like Illinois, but your defense shouldn't completely collapse like that uh, in the absence of one player. So it's because it's not like they don't have the talent on, on that defense, like with, with Randolph, with with Jacobs, with uh, Seth Coleman, you uh, Barnes. You know, you've got a lot of guys in that front seven that the loss of Randolph for uh, half of one game and half of another should not have that big of an effect. Now, if he's gone two or three games where you've got to make it up, maybe I can see it having somewhat of an effect. But for just those partials, you should have had enough guys. You know, and Brett's a big one in, pe- in preaching about next man up. You got to get out there and perform. And it just it just didn't happen. I think that goes back to your point earlier of really not having that the right talent in 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 the uh, reserve roles right yeah i mean we could have used another guy on the defensive line and you know it's it's one of the stories of the season you know like i re- the reason i had us winning nine games is because i had faith in our defensive line you know i knew our secondary would be a little rough but i thought with the law firm with jack is that essentially we're going to get to the quarterback constantly and that would kind of minimize the effects of having a bad secondary because the quarterback was not going to have a bunch of time to throw. But that's really not, you know, how it turned out this year. Yeah. And then we go up to Minnesota and I don't know if we won that game or Minnesota gave it to us. I mean, they, they committed some egregious penalties right there at the end that just put us right in the, right in this, in the, in the perfect spot. But then again, good teams take advantage of those situations. And to be fair, like, you know, that happened. We do that a lot. We, we're we usually the team that commits the penalties and all that. So it's it's nice to get things go uh, in our favor sometimes. But, like, in my opinion, like, Minnesota was, you know, it's, it's they're a good football team. You know, they were, they were supposed to be a contender for the Big Ten West. At that point, they controlled their own fate to win the division. And to go in there, I think, was, was that – in minnesota i, I don't yeah that know. was at minnesota yeah, yeah that was at minnesota, you know away away game you know against a team who control their own destiny against the big Ten west because i think they had just beaten iowa the week before for me that was a good good win you know a good solid victory and again at that point now we had four good quarters against maryland we had three good quarters against uh wisconsin we had four good quarters against minnesota so you know for me right now i'm starting to ride a high i'm like okay here we go yeah we started to control our own fate 
you know, we're competing. We're we've essentially become the Illinois team that I thought we were going to be at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, and and you had to look at the schedule, the upcoming schedule, the Indiana, Iowa, Northwestern. You had to figure, okay, we got, we should be able to win at least two of those games and at least make bowl eligibility. I even thought we should have won it, and and I watched the game, and we should have won at Iowa. There's no way that Iowa should have beat us at, at, even at their place. I think maybe I got a little concerned when we had to go into overtime to beat Indiana. That shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's, I completely agree with you. You know, that's one of those where there's a lot of conversations that's going to be needing to be had with Aaron Henry, you know, on the performance of our defense against Indiana and Northwestern. And and, uh, Nebraska. Or not sure. Nebraska, Purdue, Purdue, I mean, excuse me. You know, like, yeah, that, but like, you know, these last two games, as you talked about, we should have won. We were favored by almost a touchdown um, against both teams. And our offense absolutely showed up. You know, they were there. We scored, what, 48 against Indiana. And we scored, I think, 43 yesterday. 43 yesterday. Yeah. And you know, I feel I feel good about I feel good about scoring thirteen at Iowa. <laughs> that's a pretty that's yeah, a not a lot of teams game. were able to do that. You're right. Yeah, but you know it's just our there's you know I know we lost a lot of talent um, uh, yesterday early in the game. I think you know Taz went down, mm-hmm. Scotts went down for an injury, so I know we were severely yeah. depleted. But you know those two games our games that a program like ours should absolutely have uh, if we have any sort of, you know, expectations for Illinois, like Indiana, Northwestern, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, cocky or condescending or anything like that, but that should be the bottom rung of the big 10. Like Illinois right now should be maybe in like, you know, the third quadrant, you know, the one right above that, but not in the bottom rung. And, you know, Indiana, they had a, you know, a dead man walking as their head coach. It's, you know, just one of those um, games where, again, like, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of heat on Aaron Henry right now. I think a lot of it is deserved. Um, I don't think Brett's going to make a move, but that has to be a growing experience because I don't think he called a very good game at all. All right, we're going to get more into uh, coaching here in the, the in our next segment uh, right after this from fifth street motors i want to talk about stress-free car buying for a second here yes it can happen i mean stress is all around us in our daily lives but the one one place is trying to eliminate the stress in car buying fifth street motors located at 2044 rose lane in pacific missouri at fifth street motors they want to make sure your car buying experience is less stressful they'll help you find the vehicle you need no matter what brand and at fifth street motors they believe in giving you the absolute best price on a pre-owned vehicle that's going to fit your budget check out what stress-free car buying can be give brandon or don a call today at 573-259-1306 that's 573-259-1306 and tell them don glenn from talking sports on the bleachers sent you okay we are back and uh you know, it's it's can been kind of depressing to what we've been with everything we've been talking about um, in in some respects with with how things have gone. But uh, I'm with Sonny Verma from Illini Cast, and so we've talked about the team and we've talked about the games and we've kind of hinted coaching here and there as we as we've gone along. I think we like you said, there's going to be some discussions if they're not already going on with uh, offensive line coach Brett Miller, uh, with Aaron Henry. Uh, even with Barry Looney Jr., uh, which I, I still don't understand how people are calling for his head when he's when he's put up ninety some or a hundred points in three games. That uh, you, you want to call for somebody's head? I don't think it's his. What happened in yesterday's game with the back the the muff punt followed by the fumble on the kickoff return? I mean, leads to fourteen points for for Northwestern. They don't have those fourteen points. They don't win that ball game. That's all the rest. So that's not on the coaches. But what is on the coaches, I think, is like you said with the offensive line with, with Brett Miller, um, tr- struggling to find. I mean, you had an, you had the 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 whole summer to get that figured out. You had the you know the workups before the first uh, non conference games to get, and like you we were saying, four games, five games into the season, you're still trying to figure out where that offensive line is. Is 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 that a change that needs to be made or should or could be made, or is it just as we've been talking about the the uh, level of talent? 
I think it's the latter. You know, I, I think Bart Miller is a pretty good offensive line coach. And, you know, our offensive line did improve eventually, uh, you know, the second half of the season. I don't know if you recall, um, you know, we thought we had, was it Avery Jones? Like, you know, uh, a transfer coming mm-hmm. in from uh, one of the smaller schools. Yeah. We thought we had him to play center for us. And at the last minute, like move in day, he decided to take the NIL money and go to Auburn. But, you know, like, let's be honest, like Crutes actually played very well as center. That was like the I... one position on the offensive line that you never heard anything bad about. And he had no. great upgrades from. But I think I know I, I said this before, but I think right now what the big shakeup that our coaching staff needs is we need to find a guy who can bring talent in. We need an ace recruiter like Look, we have a lot of Big Ten money coming in. You know, teams like Indiana are now shelling out $20 million to Tom Allen for a buyout to not coach the team. If a program like Indiana can infuse that sort of money into a, a program, Illinois, we've got beautiful facilities now. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, I think we have a very good head coach. We need to utilize that Big Ten money and, in my opinion, upgrade one or two of those assistant coaches just to bring in, you know, a guy who will bring in more four-star talent. Cause you know, maybe the issue with the offensive line is again, we're just working with pieces that are so green that Mm -hmm. need to be coached up. And at this point just didn't have the time to be coached up yet. Like they couldn't rely on their talent alone. I think, you know, the biggest, you know, conversations a coaching room needs to have is how to, infuse more talent in that locker room because as we talked about it it's just going to get a lot worse from here on out oh yeah no doubt with Aaron Henry taking over as 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 the DC I I, I'm like you I don't see him being you know Brett going to him and saying okay you're not what I want uh because like you said he had growing pains basically working with a raw secondary you know not having um all the pieces he needed when, 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 you know, uh, Bailey went down and you had different times, different things. Uh, but is there maybe going to be a philosophy shift? I mean, I, I hope so. You know, I think that's what Brett said in his press conference yesterday. I don't remember the exact verbiage, but he talked about how, um, you kind of have to mold the defense to the talent that you have. And that's going to be something that they're going to discuss, um, moving forward. Now, like me personally, if I was Brett or if I was Josh Whitman and I'm having conversations with Brett, you know, I would have moved on from Aaron Henry. Nothing wrong against the guy. I think he's got a very bright future. But I think, you know, as I just discussed, if we're supposed to have this infusion of, you know, Big Ten money, we got to take advantage of it. We have a guy, you know, in our program right now who's coached dominant defenses for the past four or five years in Jim Leonard, you know, that's a guy I would spend the money on, have him run the defense. Aaron Henry, in my opinion, right now should be the defensive quarter coordinator of like a group of five team Mm -hmm. or a head coach. Like, you know, he's again, nothing wrong with him, but that's just where he is in the trajectory of his career. Will he be a good power five defensive coordinator, possibly head coach someday? Sure. But here and now with Illinois, we needed we need someone who's more established because we're not at the point where at one of our key coordinator positions, we have someone growing into that position because right now we're getting passed by a lot of other programs. And, you know, it's just tough. It's tough to see, you know, because Brett's very loyal. You know, he obviously picked Aaron Henry over uh, Kevin Kane. You know, he played for him, all that, but, uh, if that's the one coaching staff position I would have personally made an upgrade on. Um, but since that's not going to happen, yeah, I think basically they need to sit down in that secondary room and talk about, Hey, this is the, this is the talent we have in the room. Now, these are the type of guys, these are the character athletic traits that our defense is best suited for. We don't have a Devin Weatherspoon back there anymore. We don't have a Sydney Brown back there anymore. This is what we do have. What kind of defense is Matthew Bailey, you know, Taz Nichols, like what kind of defense best suits their needs? Because they're going to have to make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, and like you said, with, 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 and this is the one thing when they, when they did announce that Leonard was joining the coaching staff, I think a lot of fans 
looked at that like, okay, why is he just an advisor? Why is he not on the field? Why is he not running something? You know, and you talk about recruiting. Maybe he's that recruiting, that recruiting niche. Maybe he's the guy that says, okay, I see what we need. Let me go get it. You know, I don't know. What do you think? It, it would have been nice, but I mean, from what I've, you know, I've had a couple of people in the Big Ten circles tell me that Lincoln Riley is about to make him a very nice uh, offer to be, uh, go out West. Oh, really? know, so, yeah. Like I think he's going to be um, a defensive coordinator somewhere. And, you know, if it's all of a sudden, you know, at USC, a team that's going to join the Big Ten next year, that's going to sting a little bit more because we had him under our roof. Again, you know, it's all about being patient with Aaron Henry. And I it's I respect Brett Bielema. Like, I know he's a loyal guy and he believes in the system and he believes in developing not only his players, but he believes in developing his coaches as he did with Brian Walters. But I guess mine and his vision uh, differ on where we are at as a program. I think, you know, right now use the, you know, the the position coach uh, spot to develop your uh, position players, you know, or your coaches, the defensive coordinator right now was, I think, you know, one of the main reasons that we're sitting hold home this bowl season. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it is what it is, you know, Brett, yeah. Brett makes a few million dollars more than I do. So, you know, <laughs> I, just gotta well, trust I, it. I, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, there, you, you look at what, like, and again, we go back to the, 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 the falling apart in late games or late in games, I should say, um, you know, letting teams like Indiana and Nebraska put or uh, Purdue put up 40 plus points. You know, there's just, it seems like we can play well at certain spots, but then either we get comfortable or, and next thing you know, uh, you know, a team like, uh, like Purdue is, is running right past us, or you've got a Florida Atlantic that's eight, that's 10 points down and, and makes it very interesting at the end of the game where you got to worry about clock management and all this. And, you know, you can blame the coach for a lot. You can blame the players for a lot of it. I mean, uh, but, and injuries go into it well, but like with, with, with Bailey, uh, but yeah, there's just doesn't seem to be that defensive mindset and again maybe we got spoiled with ryan walters i mean because he was a heck of a defensive coach coming out of missouri and so maybe we got spoiled there for a couple years with him uh but i'm like you i think if they're going to upgrade any coaching position it's going to have to come in one of the court in in one of the two coordinators spots. and i don't see lenny going anywhere anytime soon and i don't think it should just like i'm in complete agreement with you you know he was under a lot of fire you know, possibly deservedly so for like essentially a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but, he, you know, we're scoring 40 points a game. You know, we had the best offense in the Big Ten West this year um, between points and yardage. And that's after a really slow start, you know, scoring seven against uh, Nebraska and whatnot. And you kind of see what kind of quarterback thrives under Lunny's system. You know, John Paddock, who can make very quick decisions because Lunny's system is just built that way. For me, you know, the focus is clearly on rebuilding that defense and uh, just, I don't know if it's changing schematics and, you know, just, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I'm glad I don't have to stress out about it. All I got to do is talk about it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear that. I hear that. No doubt. A couple of quick things. Um, what do you see? We, we talked a little bit about everything else, but what about on the recruiting trail? Uh, I know we've talked about having to go and kind of do what what uh, Underwood did with the basketball team and get old in a hurry. Um, and I know we've got some guys signed. Um, what do you look for in in some of what we do have coming in next year? Is there any bright spots we can point at? You know, I don't follow recruiting as much um, just because there's just so these are 16, 17 year old kids. And so, like, for me, all I can do is read a website and what a website tells me about a kid. So, you know, I know we, again, we have a stud running back coming in, but a running back is probably our biggest strength as a, as a position room, you know, um, yeah. coming into next year. Yeah, Cause so, you are losing, you're, cause you're losing a bunch of receivers and uh, I know we've got, we've got Elsie, but if Elsie stays, I, he, didn't get, he didn't get a lot of playing time this year. I'm hearing, you know, we might be getting some LZ news on December 4th, which is not going to make people very uh, happy. I, I hope it's not true, but uh, that's a little, little, you know, 
news drop for you. Well, yeah, well, and, and it, it wouldn't surprise me because, like I said, he he got some playing time early, and then all of a sudden, just like he was the forgotten man on the bench. And right. you know what I saw him early, I thought he needed more playing time. I think we need to take some of that Johnny Newton money, that Keith Randolph money, and basically offer back up a Brinks truck to Isaiah Williams to come back for his final season of eligibility. I think, uh, you know, we're going to need him uh, just because our wide receiver room is going to be so bare without him. It's going to help Luke moving forward. Um, You know, just he was a one top. He could be all Big Ten, you know, wide receiver this year. He can do the same thing next year. Are Washington and Bryant both uh, gone? Washington is for sure. I think Bryant is also. They're both seniors. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I know Washington. It was his last game. You know, I think Isaiah would be just key. You know, to sell him on the idea of breaking pretty much every Illinois wide receiver record uh, in the books. Yeah. And you know, like he's going to be get drafted by the NFL, but he's not going to be a top pick by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, it's all on icon and illinois to try to put up a package attractive mm-hmm. enough for him to stick around for his final season all right we're going to come back with a few quick minutes here right after this have you heard about the new number one powdered sports drink in america it's called liquid iv it delivers two times faster hydration and three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks it uses cellular transport technology which acts as a hydration multiplier designed to deliver more rapid absorption of water into the body it also delivers key vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's non-GMO, contains no soy or dairy, and it's gluten-free. It comes in a variety of formulas. There's an electrolyte replacement formula, which is very helpful when you're out working in the yard and sweating a lot. Uh, the hydration, energy hydration formula, which for those times I need a little pick-me-up. Uh, an immune-boosting formula that helps fight off colds. Also a kombucha blend for dietary health. Even a formula for better sleep through hydration. They have multiple flavors. I like the golden cherry and the azu pineapple. They also have strawberry lemonade, lemon lime, even pina colada. It also comes in a sugar-free blend that uses an amino acid instead of artificial sweeteners. It comes in lemon lime and green grape. They also have a white peach formula. Hydration for kids in Concord grape, crisp apple, banana, cotton candy, tropical punch. Liquid IV is conveniently packaged in individual pouches or sticks. You can take them little or anywhere. The beach, the gym, the office, the school, even on an airplane. Did you know that humidity in an airplane is 5 to 12% less than the Sahara Desert? So long flights can get you dehydrated. That leaves a jet lag. Coffee and tea, that doesn't help. Alcohol surely doesn't help. Ask for a bottle of water, drop in the contents of a packet, and fights the jet lag. Liquid IV also cares about the world we live in. So they resource sustainable materials from family farms, use 100% recycled materials in their packaging, and they've provided grants of up to $1.3 million to expand access to clean and abundant water in other countries. So, right now, go to liquidiv.com, use the promo code GCS at checkout, and get 20% off. You can also shop Better Hydration using my link, zen.ai slash Talking Sports on the Bleachers. Get 20% off anything you buy. Check out Hydration Multiplication. Try Liquid IV. Go to liquidiv.com. Use the promo code GCS at checkout. Okay, final few minutes with Sunny Burma. Sunny, this has been fun. Um, been great to talk to somebody about. I, I I've been having a dry spell trying to find somebody to talk Illini football with, and I can find anybody who wants to talk about basketball team, but nobody wants to talk football. Right? Yeah, there's not too many of us uh, who you know tortured themselves from watching uh, Illini football every single week. So I'm glad you reached out. Yeah, me too. You know, we we talked about uh, a lot of different things today, and you know, uh, when we're talking about perception of the fans and the fan base and and how things have gone as far as what they key on as a fan yourself and not in taking off the podcaster hat here as a fan what are you looking for out of this team next year or or just in this offseason or out of because like i guess if you got four no four new teams coming in i don't think we get any of those in the first year i think maybe maybe washington no i think we play oregon Next Oregon year. is it okay? I couldn't remember which one we. I I thought maybe we get one, but uh, uh, so you know, and, and the whole schedule is going to look different. Uh, what are you expecting as a fan? If you look at our schedule next year compared to a lot of other teams, it's really not that bad. 
Yeah, you know? we, I know we miss Ohio State. We don't get Michigan. We don't get Penn State. Like, Michigan comes to our place for that uh, one hundred year range game. Oh, okay, they do. Okay, yeah, so Michigan's coming to Champaign next year. But we don't get Penn State's the one we don't get. Yeah, I think it's Michigan and Oregon are the two big teams that we're going to be facing off okay. uh, against next year. Yeah, I think you know Brett. Again, and I'm putting my positive fan hat back on. You know, we've won five straight games for three straight years now. Uh, five five games for three straight years now. It was something that Illinois as a program hadn't done in 30 years. I thought this would kind of be a transition year for Illinois football, and we won five games. If five games is the floor of the program, I think we're in a pretty good position moving forward. That's kind of what I want to be the floor. Um, next year, you know, Brett's there's a lot of pressure on Brett because we're he's going to have to replace a lot of talent on this team. And the pressure is going to be on to make a bowl game. And I think that, whether it's fair or not, should be the bare minimum expectation kind of moving forward here. You know, we have, you know, Purdue, Rutgers, uh, I think maybe Indiana. Like, we have a couple easy, easier games on next year's schedule. But the year after that, it gets drastically tougher. Mm-hmm. And Illinois is a, the type of program that it needs that bowl game, uh, what do you call it, like credibility when it comes to recruits, you right. know, because. We're not making bowl games, and if next year uh, Purdue makes a bowl game, we're competing with Purdue for a lot of the same recruits. Yeah, and if per you know you know Purdue has a young hotshot head coach and say, hey, look, our trajectory we're making bowl games now. Illinois, that was one fluky year. They made the bowl game once, but two years in a row now they haven't. They're just the doormat of the Big Ten. I think moving forward, um, you know, we have to establish that the baseline for this uh, program moving forward is going to be uh, six wins, a bowl game Mm -hmm. as we build up, you know, then you want to kind of be that eight win team every single year. And then, you know, Brett will probably retire if that happens at some point and find the next coach with, you know, the big 10 money that we've been, you know, hopefully saving up to, you know, and again, here's the positive me, you know, to build us, to take us to the next level of starting to actually win those 10 games and sneaking into the college football playoffs. In, you know, five, <laughs> yeah. Five. Well, and, and, you know, I, and I, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of with you. I mean, it would have been nice recruiting wise as a fan, you you've got those back-to-back bowl years. Now you can build on something saying, Hey, here's what we're doing. Uh, I mean, I guess you can point to if I, and I've always said this, there's never any good loss. But I guess if you can point to something like a Wisconsin and say, hey, we went toe to toe with these guys. Uh, you know, we played Penn State tough for a half. We, you know, you can use those, uh, you know, and I think they scored the only touchdown this year at Iowa by an opposing team. So oh. you got, you know, you've got that. Uh, so there's, like you said, a lot of positives, but the negatives keep creeping in. You can't win the games at the end. Uh, you've only had that one good season in what now eight years going back to the start of lovey and if you can go back 10 15 years with beckman and, and cubit uh you've only had one good eight win season you know half of those guys went to the nfl uh i mean and, and i think they've got a good core group with 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 altmeyer right now i think fagan if he stays is going to be just a f- absolute stud Great. at the running back position uh, like you said, I think wide receiver, they need to get somebody in there. That's why I think they missed their boat by not having LZ in a lot of these games. And hopefully maybe they're, they'll talk to him smooth, smooth, ruffled feathers and say, look, you know, I got your number two next year. If, 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 if Isaiah stays, you know, that maybe they can smooth the feathers there, but they're going to need more than those two. Uh, even, even if they have both of those, I mean, it's possible they have neither of them, you yeah. know, so I mean, it's a complete rebuild in the wide receiver room, a complete rebuild on offensive line, defensive line. You know, it's we we have a lot of, you know, talent to replace uh, next year. And so that's what I mean. Like if Brett and staff, they, they got a lot of pressure on them this offseason because, you know, the seat's not warm yet, but someone trying to start the fire. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, they had the graphic the other day uh, comparing coaches first three years at Illinois. And um, I think uh, it went uh, Turner, Beckman, Cubit, Smith, all of them were like negative 100 and some odd points. And Brett was a positive 63. 
Uh, it's like, okay, so we know we're, 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 we're here when we were there. Right. So now how do we stay here and go further? So I think, I think you're right. I think it's going to take this year is going to, people are going to have to just curb expectations and say, okay, look, we've got to rebuild. You know, it's not, this is not a reload. This is going to be a rebuild. Uh, we've got pieces left, but we're going to have, it's, it's, it's going to take more of a, of a incoming of talent to, to take care of business. So anyway, uh, Hey, I, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, tell folks where they can find you, Sonny. Sure. Uh, again, thanks uh, again, Don, for having me on You know, I, I'm always just feel free to reach out. I'd love to talk more line at football with you, uh, moving forward. You can find me at at the sunny v for more general sports takes i like to talk uh illinois football cubs baseball bulls you know basically uh more chicago centric but you can also find us at at illini cast uh it's basically an illinois centric uh show we release a couple episodes a week uh we've been focusing mainly on football uh obviously our attention will shift a little bit more towards basketball um moving forward but uh, yeah, we you can find us on YouTube, on X slash Twitter, uh, at IlliniCast. Okay. And as always, you can find the find me at Talking Sports on the Bleachers in uh, your podcast, as, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can hit me on uh, Twitter or X at TSOTBGCS, or you can email the show TSOTB.GCS at gmail.com. All right, for Sonny Berman, this is Don Glenn. As always, have fun, stay safe, and we'll see you again next week when we're talking sports on the bleachers. Good night, everybody. been listening to Talking Sports on the Bleachers, a proud part of the Gateway City Sports Network. At Gateway City Sports, you can find articles from Russ Robinson, Tito Rivera, Brian Swope, Gene Bonds. You can also find different podcasts like the Team of Rivals with Ron Nuttall, Pete Geddes, and Elliot Dewey, the 243 with the Mighty Moose, Mike Stevenson, and coming back by popular demand, the Derek King Sports Show with Derek King. Also check out our buddies at over at Toasted Tavern. That's Gateway City Sports. Dot com.